podcast about sitcoms and i'm your host michelle likowski joining stan likowski luke ward and our wonderful producer dan hi everybody (laughs) (laughs) yay um you guys i have some exciting news we got reviewed by three people and i think i can guess at least two of them are you ready and i i think none of them are us yeah yeah that's amazing i it's not me okay super fun Yes, I'm doing oh. it. God, Luke. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> Super fun dude 42 says, what happens when he turns 43? I want to know. It's this title weird. is correct. Maybe it's the 42nd president. Oh, my God. He's Could dead. be that guy who died? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it HW the 42nd? Oh, uh, uh, RIP, uh, man. Yeah. Way to bring it down. 43. Yeah, I... um. Oh, wait. It's We're no, no, it's not. Obama's 44. And 43. So no, 42. No, no, no. You're, you're, just, you're 44 the both <laughs> you times. Know, you, only, you only count one. You don't get double. You don't <laughs> get doubles. Yeah, yeah. Obama's 44. And then W is 43. Would be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Clinton. 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 Yeah, Clinton. 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 And he is a super fun guy. I just spit. Let's, yeah, let's be honest. He's the most likely one to listen to this <laughs> out of all the presidents. I don't know. Will Obama you read it in might his have. voice. <laughs> um. <Yep>. Hey, <laughs> is that it? That Let me get my saxophone out. <laughs> <clears throat> it's uh, so the subtitle or the title is correct. 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 I have listened to this. Po- it's George Washington now. I have listened to this podcast. It is about sitcoms. The title and description is accurate. This review was written before a live studio audience. Nice. First of all, thank you for the review, uh, yeah. George uh, Clinton. For, we appreciate it. George Clinton. Think, George, George Clinton. Clinton. I also think it's accurate that we probably put the most thought in the title. So thanks for calling it out. Yeah. Can I do a review of that review? Yeah, please. Uh, That is an accurate review of our show. It is both the, uh, their opinion and description of what the show is. I'm starting to think Luke wrote that review. Yeah, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) But if I had to guess. Luke, is that your birthday on the 42nd? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh, I would guess yep. that was uh, my friend Dave Itell, but uh, I also think the other one is Dave Itell. So we're going to get to that. But right now, this is 100% Becky. Becky, I love you. Thank you so much. Oh, geez. My child almost came into this room. Okay. So I don't, it doesn't show you my the whole thing, but I'm going to guess what the title says. Uh, oh, uh, this is user BBCGKS, and that's Becky and her son and daughter and her last name. And I don't know what the other B is for. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Title, Great Chemistry, Great P, I'm Assuming Podcast. Um, not urination. I am really enjoying this podcast. The chemistry between the three hosts are perfect, and you get a little bit of the emotional thoughts about the sitcoms, and you get the technical side of a sitcom. If you ever want to cover, and I firmly agree we're gonna have to do these uh married with children or golden girls i wouldn't be sad looking forward to more shows well thank you becky yeah we'll definitely do those i I love that this 
anonymous person none of us know gave such a great <laughs> review. Yeah. Oh, right. Thank you very much, Mysterious Becky, I, if yeah. that is your name. We don't know, for example. We don't know, we don't true. Know. Also, um, uh, I, I'm i often wrong, which we have, I think, shown throughout this whole podcast. Okay, this is our third and last review. If you want to write more, we will read them poorly. We will read it. We will read it. All of them. We will all read of all of them. Even if they're bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. This one's from... I think also David Itell. I think he's just done it twice. <laughs> I don't, is he under a different name? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's not David twice. You don't know. He's nuts. Okay, this one says SWD3000. Single white dude? Single white David. <laughs> and it's called, well, the title is A Delightful Show. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed listen to, listening to this podcast while decontaminating my groceries with dis- disinfectant wipes. Hmm. That's a great time to do this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, you know what? Job. Great. Get your fruit out. We're going to yep. start talking about 30 hours. <laughs> wipe, yep. yep. wipe that fruit. No? <laughs> wipe wipe your berries because we're about to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for actually yeah. taking the time to give us reviews, folks. We promise if you review us, we will read it and yeah. uh, respond to it. This is really, really kind of you. Yeah. yeah and if I you think... have any things that we should do better, well, then yeah. just keep that, keep that to oh, yourself. I've been meaning to say this for a while. They should probably, uh, at least for me, fact check me because often I'm like, I think this is why something happened. So. Mm. Uh, I can't say I'm 100% right off. Are we going to pay them? Like, we can't ask them to do our job. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe the better term to say is don't, maybe don't believe me all the time. Mm. Maybe take me with a grain of salt. I mean, I feel like that's a given, right? It, it just yeah, seems, it just seems unlikely that someone on the internet would correct someone else. So. No, right. that'll never happen. That's true. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You're right. You're right. Forget I said anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm always yeah. right. Yep, yep. If it's on the internet, it's true. It's yep. fine. Yes, I am so excited to talk about 30 Rock. I have the synopsis in front of me. It's maybe five pages long. Sit down, buckle up, get your tacos out, and start chewing on them. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, multiple award-winning comedy, 30 Rock, is told through the comedic voice of, I think that Tina Fey wrote this, by the way, uh, comedic voice of Emmy and two-time Golden Globe winner Tina Fey as variety show producer Liz Lemon. The series also features two-time Emmy and three-time Golden Globe winner Alec Baldwin as top network executive Jack Donahue and Emmy nominee Tracy Morgan. He's just a... He was only nominated as Tracy Jordan, the unpredictable star of Lemon's hit variety show TGS with Tracy Jordan. Lemon constantly has her hands full juggling corporate interference from Donahue and off the handle star Annex from Jordan, all while attempting to salvage her own personal life. I'm almost done. Also rounding out the cast are three-time Emmy nominee. She's only been nominated? Jan Crick. Krakowski as Jenna Maloney, the co-star of TGS, Scott Addis, as the variety show's producers, Pete Hornberger, Emmy nominee. I mean, they're only nominated.
nominate Jack McBrayer as Kenneth, the overeager and effortlessly endearing NBC page. Judith, Judah, Freelander is Frank, the sardonic slacker on the writing staff, and Keith Powell as Twofer, the sophisticated yet sarcastic Harvard alum writer. Wow, Twofer gets a shout out. Yeah, yeah that was good for him. Crazy. Uh, somebody once told me that they read somewhere that 30 Rock is the closest thing to a live action Muppet show that has hmm. ever existed. And I think that's kind of dead on because that description that you just read is also the same as the Muppet show. I mean, Kermit is just trying to keep it all together and putting on a show while everything around him is just crashing and burning. Show. Yeah. I, oh, I, I think like that, that. Also, I think that also works because the joke is King in this show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that they're more concerned with being hilarious, which they are. Uh, I actually, as I was, I, Michelle and I actually watched like three seasons straight through. Like it, wow. it, it, yeah. a lot of 30 rock and joke for joke. I don't know that I've ever seen a show more loaded, like no, it, it, no. an incredible it, amount of jokes in every show. And they all hit for the most part, yeah. you know? Yeah. You can, you can almost mathematically, I think it's the first show that I remember like noticing the writing where like, you know, that there's a joke on every page. There's like three jokes in every At page. At least. Yeah. yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. And, and a good blend of verbal and visual jokes. It's, yeah, it, the the I, I, the witty the wittiness is insane. The specificity specificity of the yeah. jokes is yeah. is incredible. I will say, and I hate I am always the Cassandra in the room. I feel like, uh, but uh, I don't. It was she 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 she, she makes things rain. If not, okay. she brings unhappiness. But it's Got truth. It. Anyway, mm. um, not familiar with my Greek literature class that I took in high school. Great. Well, I, well technically, you're you're supposed to be- tell the truth that none of us believe you. So let's find out if that's well, true. Well, you're right. I thank you for correcting me. The gay jokes are every pretty over the top single episode. There yeah, is uh, at least, yeah. a, and it's to the point where I was like. I remember really liking this show, and now I feel uncomfortable that I liked it so much. It's interesting, too, because if you remember, like, halfway or maybe more than halfway through the the, the run, um, Tracy Morgan had a whole stand-up routine about those homophobic mm-hmm. yeah. and then had to issue an apology because Tina Fey issued a statement saying, hey, I hope Tracy remembers that cast and crew are also gay and blah 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 yeah I, I, that's an interesting so thing so I, yeah. I like Michelle was relatively shocked at the, the number of uh, 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 the one that strikes me the most is Liz sees Tufer in a sweater vest and calls him Sherlock Homo and the case of the gay sweater mm-hmm. and I was like wow and then um, you know I had mentioned it to a friend and they were like, well, and this I'm opening up to the group. They were like, well, they were equal opportunity offenders. Nobody was safe. And I'm not entirely sure that that is is a reason enough to be okay with that. Well, I think it it falls. I I, I don't I don't know that I agree that they were equal opportunity offenders. I think think, I I think that there was a sense of liberal. I know that, like, the first time I heard the phrase liberal guilt was 30 Rock. And I know that Probably there was a from sense Jack. Li- 
Donna. Yeah. No, there, uh, Tina Fey, I mean, I remember there's, I don't remember which episode, but she talked about how, like, I tell everybody I vote for Obama, but secretly I vote for McCain. Like, she, but she also talked about being a liberal, but also feeling guilty about it and, and being overly sensitive to, you know, and I think that it was reflective of the liberal majority at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think. So I don't think that there was an equal opportunity offensive offender sort of thing. I think it was more of like what we talked about with Seinfeld, where they were cutting edge and woke for their day, or at least they perceived themselves to be. Right. They just were doing it. They were like robbing Peter Peter, Peter to pay Paul. You know, like they showed. You know, uh, like the, the I feel like the, I mean the Tracy Morgan character, as flawed as he was also was a strong black character you know he, he has a moment where i remember this is one I, I love this this is not my moment but there is a moment where tracy you know schools twofer on the use of uh do right. good or do well and he's like superman does good get your grammar right and it's this thing where he's like yeah i know who i am but i'm also a powerful strong person it is I feel like Tracy Morgan, as cartoonish as he was, was a bit three-dimensional. And and so was Tufer, which is something you don't see in a mainstream comedy at that time. Yeah, and to, to your point, uh, especially in terms of, you know, black jokes, because like uh, Michelle and I were looking like Alec Baldwin does like Tracy's father's voice and yeah. Tracy's mother's voice. And it's like a little bit while he's doing it. But often, but, so funny. Um, but but they counterbalance yeah. it with the therapist essentially being like, "That's not right. You shouldn't be doing yeah. this." Like, but yeah. I don't think there's a counterbalance when they make gay jokes. Like, no, I, I think that right. they are very aware that you need to be careful with black jokes. Yep. Although, I think they had like four blackface episodes that recently had to be removed. Um, but but for the for the, I mean, I guess they wouldn't call homophobic. They're very comfortable just calling people gay and calling like that's just not to them something that even needs to be sort of like grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that thing of like, you know, but also, sorry, let me just, this may be tangential. I mean, I feel like Tina Fey in general gets, and, and, and I could be wrong. This is my opinion, whatever, but I feel like she gets raked over the coals a lot. She does. And, and, and maybe, you know, there's the the when she was on SNL as the a guest cake? star, she did this, with the cake the eating. Cake, yeah, yeah. The, I didn't the, think there was the, anything the wrong. I, I enjoyed that bit. I didn't think she needed any slapback. I know what the ideas do more, but uh, yeah, and and I get it. But uh, the the there she was raked over the coals for that. Yeah. And, and I and and I don't want to be like again. I'm a white dude, and and me saying well, it's that the she's thought police. That, like that's where we're at right now. We don't have. We don't have a police that's like, but it's still funny, right, guys? Like, are are we throwing away all humor for this? Is where we're at in our society. Like, this, us talking about having gay jokes and where the line is on it now in 2020 as opposed to 2006 is yeah. totally different. And for us to look back at Seinfeld, at... Uh, new girl when I was talking about Schmidt and CC jokes like the the Indian stuff like we're all we have this new filter over our head that we're trying to find the right way to do it because we can't lose comedy 
because we right. because political correctness is something that we a hundred percent need to adhere to. However, yeah. there we have to find the right. The, not the right way, because I don't even like that. I, just No, but it, it, it's, and, and sorry to cut you off, no, I just please. will say this, and maybe this helps you. I mean, what we've lost, and I think it's because we as a nation, as a society, are not smart enough to do, is we've lost context. Yes. We've lost the complete context of, of where yes. jokes are, where this, and, and we're just, and, and, and rightly so, I would say, too, because I, I think that, like, Tina Fey's apology for the blackface episodes was, I, I really appreciate it because she said like, uh, I think she talked about context and she understood like, at the time we thought in context those jokes were okay, but on further review, they are not, they're they are not, they're still not appropriate to, um, to showcase. I mean, you know, and, and it's, it's like the, uh, you know, recently too, the the community episode of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was removed from yeah. Hulu and and Netflix because Ken Jong is in. He's dressed as a drow. He's he's dressed as yeah. I mean, like black, like black, yeah, non-human black. Like he's right. like yeah. I was kind of curious about that. I didn't find that. Although it surely does say we're all going to ignore this hate crime or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and yeah, and I. But the funny thing is, like, to me, the drow could have been red, and if he was painted red, would that also have been an issue? Yes, but but we, I, I am fine, uh, and again, I, I, listen, everything I say... You're a white, white guy, guy. Got, got it, got it, got it, go, go, go. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, uh, I'm fine with taking that because we're not, as a society, smart enough to understand the context of it. Mm. We're not, well, you know... We choose we, we, not we, to be. Well, what, Oh, Yes. Yes. One thing I, I find really interesting in the, you know, over our, po- for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we opened with a really heavy conversation. And for 30 Rock, we, those, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and 30 Rock are probably two of the most lighthearted shows out there. Yes. But we, we both, yeah. both times we opened with what is really the heaviest possible take on these shows. And I think yeah. that shows where we're living right now. Had yeah. we done this podcast a year ago, we would not be opening with this. I think no, it's no. so incredibly, we're all so surface sensitive right now. And I'm saying that it's a good thing, but, but it sort of in a way is a weird way to open this yeah. show that we're both going to both be, yeah. I, I guess one of us must hate it if I said both, but all well, three of us are going to sort of go on and like rave about. It's a very odd opening to it. Well, let me yeah. ask you this, because one thing I have thought about with both 30 Rock and Tina Fey is that. Uh, both Tina Fey and the show are a weird mix of, at the time, very modern and very old-fashioned. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Tina Fey, like, in her heart, is, like, a progressive, you know, whatever, um, and and does and says all the right things. But she also has that, uh, that old-school mentality of, like, anything for the joke. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have to throw away every moral and ethic, like, thing that I have, I will in order to get the joke. And I think, like, that... Sherlock Homo joke. I think you're not supposed to agree with Liz in that moment, right? I think mm. you're supposed to be like, "Oh, she's a jerk," right? And, and like, and that's sort of the character. But I just think there's that old school SNL mentality of like, I gotta get the joke because if I don't land this joke in the pitch meeting, I'm not in the show this week. That's so true. I well, I, th- I think two things. I mean, I, th- I think I think one, you know, Tina Fey. 
has been doing this since what she was like 30 late 20s mm-hmm. you know early 30s i mean she's been in the public eye for a long time yeah. and and she's not that much older than us i mean she's you know she might be 50 she basically didn't have okay so she didn't really have the luxury that we had which is becoming woke out of the public eye right i i, I think you know that that's that's part of it and i think it's also interesting to me that, like, you know, you mentioned the... She's the, not 52. She just turned she's 50. 50. Oh, okay. And just, happy she's birthday, 50. Tina Fey, May 18th. I know you're listening. Oh, well. We love you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a weird thing, too, where, like, why does Tina Fey keep getting raked over the coals and, like, Alec Baldwin is Teflon? Mm-hmm. You know, like, he does the voice of... of Tracy Morgan's father, and yeah, and the therapist does rightly so say like this is not right, but like, is it because she's the producer? Is it because she's a woman? Is it because I'm gonna uh, go woman? All those things. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe yeah. it's a combination, and ultimately, she probably wrote the joke that Alec Baldwin said. But um, I, I do think that it, women just it's it's just not fair. Often, I just think that they're held to a different standard that's just not fair. She was the she was the head writer on SNL. Imagine being like the woman a head writer I, of that SNL crew. Like I just mean it seems like a, this generally is, speaking a boys club. Uh, this is as Imagine much that. as I can speak to it as a woman. Um, but I was in a group with Stan, and it was called Pygmy Marmalade. Pygmy Marmalade, and I had a friend. I didn't, I didn't pick that name, by the way. I didn't. Wait, pick no, that I was name. not. I wasn't in that group, Michelle. I was not in a group with Stan. You were not. <laughs> Who's that guy then? It's not Stan. <laughs> could, and have, could have been Chris Schneider. Could have been Adam Scally. Could have been a couple others. It's neither of them. So we're going to leave it at that. But um, he's this guy is probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. But he's also one of the cruelest people I've ever met. And there's a point to the story. Um, and he would say happy gay pride in a, a gay voice that I was mildly un, uncomfortable with. But I went with it because it was so funny to say. And I but yeah, like that's the way he greeted people every time he saw them. No, it was only during June. Don't don't get okay. too excited. But but like the whole time I was like, I want to make him laugh. So when I say it, it's really funny. So I'm going to keep doing that. And and then going, I don't feel good about this. And because I'm a girl in comedy, I'm going to go with this. I'm not saying well, that Tina yeah. Fey ever no, had to do... No, I think you bring up an excellent point. I, I, I mean, I think we can, like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's for me, it, it, this is personally just how I feel. It's like, is I don't it know as a white Tina guy? Fey, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> again, a white guy in my 40s, whatever. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know if Tina Fey feeds the machine or if, the machine, or, or if she's just reacting to it. Right. You know, like, like I remember there's a, there's a sketch on Saturday Night Live where Jimmy Fallon plays Chris Rock and he did it in blackface. And, and, and recently it, it resurfaced and Jimmy Fallon had to apologize for that. And my first thought was, I mean, great that he apologized, but like Lauren Michaels signed off on that. Where's the apology from Lauren mm-hmm. Michaels? Where's the apology from the producers? Right. Like that, that. But that's the thing too, where now I don't know the, I don't, I don't know much about the behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live. Um, I never worked there, obviously. But you know, just from what I've heard, I do know where it could be a thing where, like, fifteen minutes before, they're like, "Oh, hey, by the way, 
we're going to put this makeup on you right now. And, you know, and you're in a situation where you're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, things happen so fast. That's a good point. Where I can see how you might get stuck well, in that and, thing. And also, to Luke's point, the, the actor is the least powerful person in that whole scenario. Yeah. The one least likely to say no. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or can but, say no, because they'll just say, okay, well, then we'll do we'll yeah. let someone else do it. Yep. Um, we have belabored this enough. Yes. And it's my fault, yeah. Cassandra, who's not Cassandra. No, no, no. Um, I want to talk about characters that we love if we can't. Da- oh, wait. Yes. What is, what are we supposed to do on our, our little sheet? Um, I mean, we, we usually, we should be answering some of these questions. Yeah, I love or, questions. Or, or Let's, up. Hey. Okay. Number of question number one, does it reward the audience with jokes you have, you have to work for or may have missed if you didn't pay attention? Yes. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. I mean, they're so yeah. rapid fire. Even if you are paying attention, you often miss we re- We rewound yeah. a lot to to make sure we got it. Yeah. Also not very bright. That's <laughs> right. Uh, do we want to hang out with the characters? And I think no. that, that kind of segues into your question. No. Yeah, they're not good no? people. Yes no. would, they're not good yeah. people. They're not good I, people. Mm, I think I, I mean, maybe when I was a little bit younger, because I think it would be tiring, but like, I wouldn't mind spending an evening with Tracy Jordan hmm. just to see 100%. where but, the stories. Right. Are, that would That's but one night. Uh, I, I actually have a hot take. I think Jack is a better person than Liz. I, I think that might actually be intentional. From, Do you really? Because I, I read they the writers. Uh, there was a uh, something in a story I read where the writers wanted Jack to win more than Liz won. They well, he definitely him. wins because his character is winner. But like, but I mean, like they wanted him to be right. He, yeah, he's he, he's always right. He's the wrong. mentor. Yeah, uh, but like she has really bad intentions often. <laughs> well, and my favorite yeah. episode is the one where she goes back to her high school reunion. Yes, yes, and thinks that she was picked on, and then it turns out she was the school bully. Yes, and she right. so good. It. And that is such yeah. a great turn, and I think that is like indicative of the whole show where Liz is like. A terrible person. I mean, she yeah, was like yeah. really yeah. mean and cruel. Yeah, and I love that they pointed that out. And yeah. it's so good because most comedians feel so fucking insecure. That's why we're all doing this. That yeah. uh, we find other people to make feel bad. Like in a lot, yeah. not in all of us. Not it, like I'm sure Jim Gaffigan never does that. He's a he's an angel straight from Jesus Christ himself. I know because I've met him. Name drop. Anyway. Jesus or Jim Gavin? Both. Same bed. Um, but no? Too far? What? <laughs> too far. Speaking of too far. Um, uh, but back to Liz. I, I, yeah. 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 She's, she's so insecure that she puts all her uglies out onto other people. Yeah, and yeah. To, it's so funny because to go back to what Dan was saying about the Sherlock Homo, like that, and and to Luke's thing, like was that more an example of how terrible the character is versus we're making a joke? But then there's the second level, which is like, yeah, but even still, should you be making a joke? Like, but it's I don't to know. fit in in a weird way in a male-dominated writers' room. Yeah. That I think it's all. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Okay. I was just, I, I think it's interesting that Jack wins because he is the, he's painted initially as the stereotypical Darth Vader, yeah. black and white bad guy, but he's right about so many things that it makes you rethink your, uh, your whole viewpoint of like what's good and what's evil. 
the fact that he knows everybody so well. Yes. You know, like that first pilot yeah. and Pete's like, that is dead on, you know, and he's done his work and he does the, you know, and, and but he's also out of touch with um, reality in, in a weird way. Like his whole thing where he like, he watches friends for the first time and he just, it's like foreign to him, but he's just like a baby learning language you know like well, you're such a monica well, you know like that i, I thought was was fun to, i think part of why i like jack so much is there's no games and there's no like subtext he you know exactly what everything is for like he doesn't liz is all about like trying to manipulate the situation he is yeah. just like this is what it is and i think part of why he wouldn't understand friends is because he's so like he's a, he's almost like data driven like he like logically this shouldn't work but it I yeah. don't understand why it does. Like, I just I think got that's Star part Trek. Of his character is data. Yeah. Data. Yeah. Data. Data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's why, like, the line, which is it's is not my favorite moment, but is one of my favorite lines of all time, which is "Never go with a hippie to a second location." Mm-hmm. Um, that's really funny. Is a brilliant line because it's so loaded, especially for comedians, right? Like you're here, like. That whole episode where she meets her hero and played by Carrie Fisher, which works on so many levels, and realizes that like that woman's insane and, and was drug fueled and blah blah blah. Um and Jack's just like he knew the whole time. He knew the whole time. It was just like, Okay, yep, do what you gotta do, but listen, never go with a hippie to a second location. It's just yeah. good advice. I kinda of, I I kinda of wanna talk about the Carrie Fisher episode because that is a great one where first of all liz sees like oh this is what i could become if i keep going down that path but also i think it's funny now in context is that i think that was obviously tina fey being like these people from the 70s on snl are my heroes and then i met them and i learned about them and they are horrible psychopaths almost all of them (laughs) like they are Mm. they were terrible terrible people who did terrible things to each other and all that stuff but now like uh, the the next generation has now come along and is looking back at tina fey and people of her generation and are sort of asking the same question so it's weird how it's almost like a it's every generation has that same reckoning where they look back at the last generation um but i it's funny i i took away from that episode just the fragility of comedy mm mm-hmm you know how like Carrie Fisher. I, I, I mean, yeah, the the don't be your heroes sort of thing. But like the fact that she lived in that tiny apartment in like the middle of wherever Babies, it was. No, yeah, it was terrible uh, land, Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, somewhere in Brooklyn. You know, but also that she. You know, I think that's the episode where like we learned Liz has like thirty thousand dollars in checking or whatever, and. Like, it could just go in a second. She could go back to, like, teaching improv to old people. <laughs> um, that is, like, to, you know, I, I feel like Carrie Fisher in that episode represents not just me your heroes, but also the fear that every comedian goes through. That, like, yep. this could just Take turn away on a, a dime yep. because suddenly you're not funny. Uh, or suddenly the, the views change. Or Which is what we're going through right now. guaranteed... Right. Or yeah. and you're also never guaranteed that next job. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the moment something ends, that could be that could be the end of your career. That yeah. could be it forever. Yeah. Like you might yeah. never do anything else. So and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean uh, yeah. On a on a side note, um, one thing I noticed is th- thirty rock is the anti office in that 
it looks like every big star they could get. They every got. big like, every episode star. essentially. It, it it was almost like come work for the NBC premiership. You know, like yeah, oh yeah, it was well, I mean, pretty they, impressive. Seven years of that, and that's yeah. what's that's what I was talking about too. Where it's funny how it does feel old fashioned in that way. Yes, where it's like yes. okay, we have X big star for four episodes. Tim yep. Conway. Sorry. Oh, no. that's the first <laughs> name you thought of. He's my favorite. No, 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 but he, and I think, you know, Dan, it's funny when you said, you know, Tina Fey, the old school joke is king, that there's a Tim Conway thing where I think puts all of this stuff into context where like Tim Conway is this innocent, nice guy and delivers some of the most offensive lines, you know, and Jack is essentially, Jack Kenneth. McBrayer, the, yeah. uh, Kenneth is essentially the audience going like, oh my God, my childhood is filled with horribleness, but and also I, looking I, back at your heroes. Yes, but like, but it's weird that now we're talking about like, oh my god, look how horrible that show was. That was talking about how horrible it was thirty years ago. Oh my gosh! Like in thirty years, someone's going to talk about our podcast this way. I can't I wait to read that week. review. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, David, yeah, I tell. <laughs> Sorry. The I think it was the live one. Yeah, I know it was the live one, but I don't know if it's the one that was removed. But like, Julia Louis Dreyfus plays Liz Lemon in a flashback, huh. and they're like, "Wow, that. you you look amazing." And she's like, "Yeah, we have Seinfeld money for my flashbacks." <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, I also want to talk uh, about uh, unless we're, our, the musicality of this show is awe-inspiring yeah. uh jeff richmond who is tina's husband is yeah. um incredible like yeah. every song is and and which we later see in kimmy schmidt like with lemonade and um boobs your favorite song of all time yeah. boobs in california boobs so in good. california but like this guy Google that people boobs oh, in california god oh the, the theme song to unbreakable kimmy schmidt is it's so good yeah. but he he makes me so happy. So like uh, Jenna Maloney getting to like, she is me in a, like, I hate it. Like I watch her sing and I'm like, Oh God, I'm annoying. But uh, cause I don't sing that what? well, but like, I love musicals so much and I love to sing so much that getting to see someone as annoying as me is, it feels good. You want to see yourself reflected on the screen. Um, sure. But like but- the music in this thing, it's so amazing. Yeah. I, I don't think they give enough credit to Jeff. Like, I know that he is probably won Emmys, whatever. They did the, the the Mean Girls on Broadway, which he did all the music. Yeah. Which is great. It's a great show. But I just... If you, if, oh, if I love the it. the theater ever happens again... It will. Mm, uh, when? But, you know. Yeah. yeah. I find all theater a little racist in this light. <laughs> Like all the, the some of those notes are just not they're just not fair. No, I'm not okay with what you're what? saying, Stan. What we need I, I to go. Know. We'll cut that part yeah. out. We'll cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, more characters. So yeah, yeah. there's uh, Jenna. No, that's okay. There's Jenna. So um, I it's you know yeah. these these are very um, what's the word I want? They're they're not cookie cutter characters, right? They're not ones you often see. Um, so well, they're they're grounded cartoons, which is right. very weird. But the other thing I was going to say was another thing going back to the old fashioned thing is that this is a sort of an old fashioned sitcom thing where most of the people, not everyone, but most of the people are just playing themselves. They're just playing the personas that we know. 
right? Yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. Tina Fey, uh, Tracy Ch- Morgan. Ch- even Ch- the Ch- fact that Tracy Morgan's name is Tracy Jordan. Right. right? Like I, they didn't even bother really changing it that much. Tracy Morgan, I want to. I could talk about for five different podcast episodes, and and I. He's one of those guys that at the time and during Thirty Rock, I was like, I don't know if he's in on the joke. And then I watched the real OG. The first season's really good. I haven't really gotten into the second and third, but like, he is. He is on another level. He's working on a whole nother level, and he just gets it. And he, my, I mean, my I'll, we'll get in my favorite moment. My favorite moment is the Tracy Morgan moment, but like his antics and his whole thing is just well there's another an episode where uh tina whose name is not tina wow liz Liz. Liz lemon god i knew that uh says i need you to be professional so the next day he comes in and he's professional and he knows his lines and he gets there at 10 and you see him as this guy and that's when like it does feel like they've a little bit shown behind the curtain of who this guy actually is yeah. Um, but yeah, real I... quick on Jenna Maloney and uh, Krakowski, uh, Jane, she plays yeah. herself from like Allie McBeal to her. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. And then she goes to Kimmy Schmidt, same character, but it's that Megan yeah. Ryan thing. Meg Ryan, I, I call her Megan, um, yeah. thing of you want this character to be this character for the rest of your life and mm, yeah. that's how i feel jane krakowski can do anything she's an ac- yeah. accomplished wonderful actress and in real life she's not like that at all like in fact she seems yeah. very shy but again yes i've met her um but that thing you said dan about them playing themselves like you're right like and kenneth the page like we know jackish we don't really know no jack but that's yeah. his persona too. It's nice. It's, it's his really- energy. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, Alec Baldwin, though, I mean, cause Jack is a Republican and Jack is like a diehard. I feel like <laughs> actually, yeah, I th- I'm going to contradict myself as I'm saying this. He is playing himself. He just switched columns yeah. and that's it. Yeah. It's just his whole personality. But yeah, he's a for the, he's a for, tour de force powerhouse, but just on the different team. Yeah, for the show, but almost in yeah. name only. He actually, it's, like there's it. a joke I think in one of the episodes where he's like, "I pissed off all the right people," and he says Baldwin, like he he, he yeah he names oh, yeah. his actual like yeah person. Yeah, I love this is a total tangential thing, but I mean just the meta ness of the show when they convert to HD cameras. Yes! And we saw that one. Yes, and they, yeah. they get a shot of Alec Baldwin and it's taken from Jack Ryan movies. Yeah. Like, or taken from one of his old yeah. movies and it's just gorgeous. Yeah. And so good. Yeah, this show is more self-referential probably than any show we will ever see again. Uh, they, yeah. they wink at the camera six times an episode. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. What else? I mean, the the la- well, the last thing we've we've discussed this, but um, the anything for a joke and the joke a minute stuff, I think, is a big strength of the show. Although it does occasionally show some weakness. Where the the big example for me, and this was the thing that at the time stuck out for me, but when John Hamm was on the show, he has two episodes where he just seems like a normal right person, and then and he's then yep. They introduce the fact that he doesn't know anything because he's coasted through life, and it's like. 
That's a really funny premise, except for the fact that we just uh, yeah. true two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. So, yeah. But they were just like, ah, whatever, it's funny. Like, yeah, I agree. Joke. I agree with that. There's yeah. a lot of times where they, I feel like they undercut themselves the, a little bit. The that. other thing that um, I think is going to probably cast my vote down a little bit, you could watch these shows in any order. It does not matter. Well, it's interesting. So the next question that I was going to talk about um, is, is there a purpose to every episode or are they just killing time? And I feel like there's not a purpose to every episode, but maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just vocalizing some stuff that you know they want to talk about. But yeah, you can watch this in any order and be fine. And I don't know that that's a detriment necessarily. No, I, it depends it on what you're looking for. I mean, ba- yeah. basically, they're really good at a clear cut premise: Kenneth's parents visit, uh, you know, yeah. Jenna's mother's visit, and then they are superb at packing in every joke that could be attached yeah. to a simple premise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. k- a killing time I, is a is maybe a weird way because obviously that's a negative connotation. Um, yeah. I think that if this show is killing time, it is killing time in a way I really want to kill time. Yeah, yeah. I I I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I think it's the it's the first show that I could think of where it's like, if nothing happens, I'm still laughing my ass. Yeah, right. You know, it 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 isn't the plot that's moving the comedy; it's the jokes and the joke writing that's so good. Yeah, the way they fill out all of all of the, again, back to Dan, like, people that you know are going to be in the writer's room, even if they don't have anything to say, is so, I don't know, I've never been in a writer's room, full disclosure, but I feel like it's so real to how it is. Like, Judah with his hats, like, it's, they, they don't let jokes go even to the point where they're advertising on hats what's funny, you know? Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to talk about Judah's hats, which um, is his thing. In no, 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 life, I, by the way. I was, I was kind of yeah. curious if that's why the show was so strong because Judah Freelander is a comedian. I mean, is he one of the writers as well? Is he credited as a writer? Um, I don't so think so. It, I'm one, like, what I don't know and would love to know is do they have the same number of writers as any other show? Like, are their writers just that good at like milking a joke? Because honestly, it looks like twice the work is going to every episode than any other show. I know in reading interviews about the show and, and but I mean, it would be good to find out for real, but I know that like they wrote almost like on a Saturday night live schedule. Like it was like 30 hour days. Right. So that would make, they sense. would go, to like Tina Fey's house to write and write and write and write and write. They weren't just satisfied with like getting the story done. It, it had to be joke. Like you had to fill all those pages with jokes right. that were funny. Yeah. And that's fucking hard. Yeah, it's got to be exhausting. And Michelle actually yeah. brought up a really good point when we were watching. Um, Tina Fey is often credited as writing and she's starring in it. My gosh. Yeah. Like that, she must have been sleeping two hours a night. She talks, I mean, the, the, if you watch, there's an episode of Meetings and Cars Getting Coffee with Tina Fey and Jerry Seinfeld, and both talk about how they've been approached to do shows again, and they both say, like, I am tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That nearly killed me, because it was, because I think they both put in that level of effort right. that was like... They made the shows they wanted. Yeah. There also was a story... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the writers, like... Uh, John Lutz is married to Sue Galloway, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, well, Donald Glover was a writer. Donald Glover, I, yeah. yeah, and he was Donald in an Glover, episode yeah. uh, where yes, he like for one second, for one second, but Tracy Jordan uh, outs him, like you're gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, I did. I was just to jump, just jump back real quick. I did read a story. I think Tina Fey uh, had told where Oprah was a guest star uh, on the show, and Oprah yelled at her, um, and like basically chewed her out because. Oprah found out that she had like written all night and then had done a, an entire day shoot and then was leaving to go to right? go be no to be um Sarah Palin on Saturday Night Live. Oh my god! And wow. she was like, "You're doing too much." She was just like, "I I have to talk to you. You're going to get burned out." She's mm-hmm. like, "You have not stopped moving for like thirty hours, and now you're going to go be on a live TV show." And <laughs> she was just had babies she, too. They her kids yeah. were yeah. babies. Yeah. So. Imagine being yelled at by Oprah for doing too much. <laughs> right. The woman has her own network You're and doing magazine. too much. That's my <laughs> thing. <laughs> Guys, he's back. We got Jeff Hiller back. Guess what? He was in one episode of Community. He's doubled that. He has doubled the output. He was on two episodes of 30 Rock. And he's going to give us some of the dirt uh, about, you know, how, how, the, how the scene work, work, worked. I'm going to probably edit that. <laughs> Why? I don't know. You know what? Now it stays. Uh, Je- Jeff, tell us a little bit about how it was to be on 30 Rock. Well, I was in two scenes. I, I don't know if you remember this because you were at UCB kind of around the same time. But mm-hmm. when Tina was doing the show, they did this like very kind thing where they like sent out auditions to like all of the performers at the UCB saying, if you want to submit yourself for a role, you can submit yourself for a role. And so I submitted myself for Kenneth the page. Like even, even then I was like, Oh, this is going to be Jack McQuarrie. Like obviously this is going to be. Yeah. But you're, but you're, you would have been a great Kenneth the page. Like your, your, your performance style speaks to that. I have been told I am a poor man's Jack McBrayer. You are nobody's poor man. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's a, pretty, he's a pretty good poor man to be a poor man of, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he, so I auditioned and they liked me and they brought me for a callback and I actually met Tina Fey like mm-hmm. in the callback and it was like this really exciting moment. And um, I mean, she was, she was pregnant with her first daughter. So a while ago yeah and she was you know incredibly kind and um and she was i remember like in the thing she was like we're definitely get, get, gonna get you on she said something like that because i think I, I think in the audition i was like i know this is jack's part and she was like well we don't know but <laughs> blah 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 because it was i think they were doing it for like the network to be like well or you could have this option or you right. could have jack right know? right um so anyway, she was like, We're, we'll definitely try and get you on. And so I auditioned so many times, season one, season two, uh-huh. so many times, to the point where I was like, I'm never going to get on this oh, man. show. So, and as and, each episode came out, did you, so you, you saw who was cast instead? Mm-hmm. And were you and always, always like, like, you were always like, that one? <laughs> yeah. It would always be someone I knew or, yeah. or like, a woman, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. that's, weird. that's a different take on the role. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and actually Donald Glover wrote the first episode I was in. And I remember he was in the room for my callback. Oh, wow. And I was like, Oh God, I'm so embarrassed. And then, and then we went to community. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> I know. I know. Poor baby. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, I auditioned for, do you remember that role? Um, Wiener slave? Um, yes, 
she would she'd look at his thing and she'd be like, "Oh, Mr. Vinderslav," and he's yes. like, "It's Wiener Slave." Yeah, he he was the uh, I think he was almost like the HR guy that made her take time off or something like that. Exactly. Yes. His name was Todd Bonapane, and he they he he recurred quite a few times in the in the in the show, and I got really close to mm-hmm. being that one. Like they called me back I think twice, which for like a guest star is very um not not normal. Uh-huh. So then the next one, they were like, "We're gonna get you in." Yeah. So they, so they got me in, and uh, it was a great little part. And it was I got two really great stories. Oh right, history making stories. Do it. Um, Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey were on set, and they were talking to. They were very kind to me. They recognized my humanity. Um, <laughs> as someone who does a lot of co-star and guest star work, that doesn't always happen, and it felt mm. nice to be um, recognized. That's great. Um, and I had done an Amex commercial with Tina, and and, and she. I don't think she. I can't imagine she remembered. I think probably someone was like, he was in the Amex commercial. Right. But she, she made a good show of it. And um, so then they were talking and Alec Baldwin was like, well, you got to just do it. You just got to do it. If they come and ask you to do it, you just got to do it. And she's like, I don't know. I just don't want to have to. Honestly, I just don't want to have to be there at 1130 on a Saturday night. I'm tired. And he's like, uh-huh. yeah, you'll do it one time. It'll be fine. And that's Saturday. She was Sarah Palin. Baby nice. For the first time. The, oh, no kidding. You saw the birth of it. You saw the decision. Mm-hmm. Nice. Also, Oprah had been there the day before. Get out. Yeah. Oprah are, was, on, was on the scene. That is awesome. But here's the real tea. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm, goose, I'm goose bumped. <laughs> um, Elaine Stritch had been there. Get the day out. before, or not the day before, some, some, the week before or something, uh-huh. and the makeup lady told me she has beer in her coffee cup. No! But then I later found out that she used to drink non-alcoholic beer, so I think that's what it was. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's still kind of a weird trait. <laughs> that is weird, right? Yeah, that is, that is a weird trait. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold all my thoughts inside that make me think <laughs> maybe it wasn't just near beer and then they had me back for a second episode playing a completely different character in my mind they're twins and they both work in customer service love it i Um, love the backstory (laughs) and we shot one day and um in that episode i was playing a flight attendant to matt damon's pilot yeah and we shot one day and then I was in a play at the time, and I was going to have to get out of play, which you know I was going to do, because I'm not yeah. going to turn down a guest star. Yeah, it's 30 Rock. So I had to, like, pretend to be sick to get sure. out of this play. And so I was, like, laying the groundwork for the next night when I was actually going to have to miss a show. And so I was like, oh, 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 I'm, <laughs> sick. oh I'm so sick. I'm so sick. And then they were like, actually, we're not going to film tomorrow night because um, Matt Damon just had a baby. And so oh. he can't be here. So then I had to be like, uh, recall <laughs> I vitamin C. <laughs> then, like a week later, I had to be like, "Oh, I guess I'll do recover all boys." sick. <laughs> did you get away with it? Did anybody suspect? No, actually, they didn't. Well, you are an actor. Yeah, thank you. You're very oh. welcome. <laughs> um, and that sh- we shot on a plane, and um, I had this like crazy crush on Matt Damon from that movie, Talented Mr. Ripley. Mm-hmm. It was know, the swim shorts. Uh, yes. Plus, I'm just like really into serial killers. Girl. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, but I like was like in love with him. Oh, you so, so you were nervous? You were nervous around him? Oh my god, I was so nervous around yeah. him. 
And then he was just like a guy talking about baseball. It was like mm. such, such a disappointment. But he, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was like a totally charming man. I just wanted him to be a serial killer who wanted to <laughs> have sex with me. I don't know what I wanted. Um, Why you kill me? He, he was like, you know, it'd be really funny if we fist bumped. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Knuckle to knuckle. <laughs> and we, it made it into the episode and it was so exciting. And also on that, there was an onset photographer and Tina was like, I want to get a picture with Jeff. And she took a picture with me and it's like the m- most proud moment I That's amazing. I've ever had. You know, I wanted to ask you too, with improv, obviously you're, you're, one of my very favorites, by the way, and I'm not saying that because you are my guest as well, but you really are. <laughs> Jeff Hiller, anybody, anybody who has ever seen him on stage improvise knows that I'm speaking the truth. Um, Thank you. At, at, when you came to uh, 30 Rock, I'm going to guess that you probably didn't have the freedom to improvise, or did they allow you to sort of improvise it? I know. I, there's like one little improvised moment that I did like on a on the third take and it was actually in a cutaway that I did with my hand uh-huh. and they they kept that but for the most part they're really hardcore about like having specific jokes and yeah. like we had lots of alts so you would have uh, like in most shows when you film it's the same dialogue every time but in this show they would always give you like three or four joke alts and you could tell they were coming up with them like at right. that moment right. you know like there's one where I say all middle-aged women in, see, this is on my reel, so I know this oh, right. pretty well because I had to edit my reel recently. <laughs> I say all middle-aged women in lesbian clown shirts, something about that. I say okay. lesbian clown shirts. And Tino, she said, um, say something about this shirt. Like it's like a, a, clown, a clown shirt for lesbians or lesbian <laughs> clown shirt. And, and he was like, yeah, lesbian clown shirt. And then, and then, and then he's like, so middle-aged woman in lesbian clown shirts. And she goes, lipless. <laughs> so I say, any lipless middle-aged women in a lesbian clown shirt. And it really was like, oh, wow. You like volleyed back and forth and really like honed that joke. Yeah. That joke like sharp. Yeah. The, the, um, you know, as we were talking at that show, I, I said, I feel like they spent twice the amount of time writing it. The jokes are, there's so many. And yeah. they're so rapid fire and they are all really specific. Like yeah. so good. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It was very exciting to see that sort of happen. Also, that was the first time where like, um, I say this, it was like, the other three episodes of television I've talked about with you all happened before this. <laughs> okay. This was when I had a breakthrough moment as an actor where I realized like both she and Matt Damon were talking so quietly and I was like, nobody's going to be able to hear them. Yeah. And it, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> we have microphones. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, oh, God, probably for the last 10 years, people have been like, whoa, this guy's loud. <laughs> well, well, the funny thing is your natural voice is also very loud. So if you were dialing it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really makes you feel about like whether like, oh, theater actors are too big. And I... <laughs> I really realized, like, oh, I'm too big. <laughs> well, you're also six, six? <laughs> six, five, yeah. Six, five. And we were shooting on an airplane, which, by the way, I later played a flight attendant on Kimmy Schmidt and also shot on an airplane. And I am too tall. Right, I could see to that. To be a flight attendant. There's no way I could act. I've played a flight attendant four times. 
I'm sure Russell Crowe can say the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm too tall. And so um, if you look at it, like I'm. I'm sorry, <laughs> You're lurch. You're like lurch. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, he, I'm he's like, bending his neck in an awkward, <laughs> awkward way, everybody. Exactly. Um, Jeff, thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, thank you for the juicy well, tea. No problem. <laughs> it was so hard for me to come back. We certainly didn't just shoot this right you're, after the first You're spilling one. the secret. You're spilling the secret sauce. All right. Take care, Jeff. Bye. I, I do I do have one one thing and I, I I hope I've made my case that I absolutely I hope so. love the writing and I think it's really brilliant and it's probably the best written show out of any we've discussed um, as far it. as the jokes go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do, best joke writing. They do use a formula that when you watch thirty episodes in a row of Thirty Rock, um, yeah, they do a lot of jokes where they almost say like you know Kenneth might say something to Tracy. In fact, he literally I think does say something to the effect of like. Uh, you were so kind, your heart just grew. And Tracy's response is something like, that's good, because my doctor said it's, you know, been collapsed or whatever. They do yeah. an awful lot of, here's a literal, here's a here's a statement, and then we're going to make it literal. And it, yeah. it, like, that a little bit gets a little, like, I can see it coming. Yeah. 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 But it, again, after I, we Still sat... Still fun. We sat for but so, 12 yeah, hours. We watched, a, watched. we watched a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I'm sure there's a... There's a formula after a while that you kind of get into um, and you have to I, yeah to a certain extent yeah and luke it's funny because i thought of, I, I thought about you while we were watching it uh because uh the you had said new girl almost has no formula but this yeah. show is all formula yeah i mean which, which, is, which is not bad either way is not bad yeah i mean I, I i don't i think formula when it works it's great um Breastfeeding is fine too. Um, no, I was going to do a Formula One joke, so okay. Thank you. That's okay. Okay, great. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, there's a difference between formula structure and originality, and like formula structure and what my buddy used to call the crosstown bus is, which is like you can see the joke coming from like a block away. You're just like, oh, yep, there it is. There's the two forty five. You know, like again, I, I think I said this when I was. A kid, you know, you watch a show and like you say the punchline before the actor does. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's the crosstown bus right. formula. You know what's happening. I mean, like, did I do that? Oh yeah, <laughs> but but even like you know, that was I was Urkel, think, everybody. Like, like, Urkel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like you know, you do that thing where like oh, I can't even think of it. But you know, it's just a like if you're doing like a night court, like. Uh, somebody would say like, uh, "Hey, who wants to have sex with me?" And then, and then Dan comes in like, "Okay," yeah. and you, you know, you know that Dan's gonna re- reply that way because that is so you know formulaic, and you can see it a mile away. Funny. Although that being said, I love night court. Funny you I, say that because they do that night court. That night court, that night court re- yeah. reunion yeah. is so great. I think yeah. I think Thirty Rock, and this goes back to Tim Conway. Like they love to take people that have like nice glistening personas and and just destroy them like the in night court harry and um uh i'm sorry who's the woman in night murky marky marky post Christine, marky post, marky post. Marky post. Yeah. like they, they're yeah. just like all talons out fighting with so each good. other like i they they yeah. i think they really like Who plays i enjoy seeing it so funny richard, richard mall yeah. oh, he wasn't in it but he wasn't in it no no, no. mac it was mac mac mac, mac. yeah but and it was four letters and it come- <laughs> 
three. No, no, three oh, no. That's, yeah, you had an extra K. It's fine. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think what's great about, like, the Kenneth character is he is ultimately who we all aspire to be. And I think that's why he gets rewarded with the, mm. the CEO job or whatever it is at the end. Because he says in the first episode, he's like, I just love television, you know, and, and I think that at the heart of what, you know, this show is, is that it, it's, it's people who see the grime and the dirt and the, the, the shitty side of it. But at the end of the day, you do it because you love comedy, yeah. you do it because you love TV. And, 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 and that's, you, you know, Kenneth is the one keeping everybody going. We we have to talk about Kenneth because I am the biggest Jack McBrayer fan. Uh, I think he's so funny on the show and sometimes is crazier than Tracy. Like when he doesn't, he's he forgets his pills and it makes him like bray like a donkey, which is hilarious. Um, but I, I so you know he obviously comes from improv and he was like one of my very first improv crushes. He's just so funny and hilarious always. But yeah. did I interpret the end correctly? The very last minute of the last episode. Spoiler. Yeah, this is a spoiler alert. If anybody cares, it's it's probably the one element of the show that actually is is story based. But it looks like it's um, Liz's great granddaughter or granddaughter pitching this show from the past. But Kenneth appears in it. So is Kenneth like hundreds of years old? <laughs> Yes, there are references to the fact that he does not age. Yes, yeah. Um, because remember, there's one. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was say there's one very explicit joke where there's something about the humming noise. Uh, no, there's one <laughs> where you meet um, Kenneth's mother, and she says something like, "Oh, I remember Catherine O'Hara." He, by the way, it's Catherine O'Hara. Oh. Yes, but she says something. Like, I remember the day he was born. He looked at me and said something like, "This human form is limiting," or, or I'll. <laughs> Or I'll be here forever. Some something yeah. about like how he could yeah. speak and was talked about. He was immortal or yeah. something. So yes, it's like subtly, and it's weird how like they do not call it out because if you had missed those, you would be very confused. But yes, they call it the fact that he he is immortal and that he is the same age a hundred years in the future. That's so or funny. Yeah. The one I was uh, gonna yeah. mention real quick is the humming noise that Stan alluded to, where Jenna wants to be younger. So so uh, it's like a thing on. Um, uh judah's is is his name judah on the show it's not no it's frank, frank right frank yeah has a thing on his phone that makes a, a very high-pitched noise that only really young people can hear and so uh yeah. siri hears it who is great by the way she's, oh, like, she's so yeah, understated she and wonderful um yeah. and it's she go, siri runs away because of the sound and uh jenna's <laughs> like oh i hear that that is so loud and they're like it's done yeah. and then it frank goes i am going to over explain this and kill this joke you're welcome tina fey but uh frank plays it and it's a low humming sound and jack walks in and is like ah what is that noise and <laughs> kenneth walks by and he's like ah what's going on <laughs> yeah. it's so yeah. good it is so good yeah, funny. I mean, that, we can't say enough good things about Jack McQuarrie, yeah. and and yeah. he just all of his deliveries are so amazing, and it's and it is such a like again a character that I have I had not seen before, but that sort of like overly eager and like positive with this weird dark undercurrent yeah. at all times is like so perfect, oh, yeah. so good. Yeah, I I think what's I mean he represents. 
us, but also who we want to be. Right. But I do. But again, I love, I think it's the end of the pilot where um, Alec Baldwin, speaking of Kenneth, it might even be the last line, says something like, you know, in 10 years, he'll either be running the network or we'll all be dead by his hands. Right. Like there right. is, yeah. there is yep. sort of this yeah. like, it's always teetering on the edge yeah. where he's like, yeah. he could just tip off into like complete, like, sociopathy but it always stays balanced which is like really yeah. fun yeah but, yeah um do the characters say consistent yes that's a question i think the answer is yes except for john ham <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, yeah but for the most part they yes. but maybe they are who they are yeah god we the, the so yeah but no, maybe no, with the john ham thing is that we have we don't notice his uh which is a, a <laughs> plot from um the partridge family so bear with me, is that uh, the older brother falls in love with this girl who cannot sing, but he wants her to be involved in the Partridge family. And he's the only one who doesn't realize she can't sing because of her beauty. Maybe all of us look at John Hamm and his beauty and, and didn't notice that he was bad until two episodes later. There, I fixed well, yeah. it. Well, also one thing is I don't know that we see John Hamm try to do anything there in those two episodes. I'm real, I'm I'm kind of walking it back, but I don't mean it because to Dan's point, like he's so obviously terrible at like just being alive in right. that like yeah. one episode. But like he actually doesn't cook or do anything where he actually has to show talent in those two episodes. Right. Right. Yeah, and and you know, in the world of this show, I feel like perception changes so mm-hmm. much yeah actually that... you make a really great point luke because um uh the, the episode where she's the mean girl from high school so, michelle yeah. and i rewound the scene where she's looking through a microscope prior to knowing she's the mean girl uh, somebody astronaut thing where you look up a uh, telescope thank you uh liz is looking through a telescope back in high school and a girl in high school says something to her and you can't understand what she says we rewound it three times because we thought we just couldn't, but you, you're not meant to understand it because then right. you see what really happened. And it turns out that, that Liz said something. Um, uh, are there memorable moments? We can talk about our, if, we, uh, yeah, if we're ready to talk about there's that. There's a thousand of those. And maybe, maybe this might be, I don't know if it's time for us to go into our favorite. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, or not. I, yeah. Uh, may I go first? Go sure. so first. I, I mean, my favorite is, Tracy Morgan, the episode, so Tracy Morgan tries to deny his past and it keeps coming back to haunt him. And so while he's filming a live action Garfield in all <laughs> green screen, he like, he loses it and it all comes back to him. And so, um, he sits on a stairwell and does like a, and I think it's the tag. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. the tag because he does like two or three of them during the show. And then the tag at the end, at, the tag being, you know, the, after the credits or while the credits are running. And it's just him going on and on and on about like, I once saw two babies tattooing each other. They were very drunk. I seen a blind guy bite a police horse. A puppy committed suicide after he saw our bathroom. I once been into a burrito and there was a child shooting it. I seen a hooker eat a tire. A pack of wild dogs took over and successfully ran to Wendy's. The sewer people stole my skateboard. The projects I lived in was named after Zachary Taylor, generally considered to be one of the worst presidents of all time. Again, Tracy Morgan is working on another level. And he they gave him, he did that one other time and it's not as good, but like, I, I don't know why I always think of this. When he's telling Donaghy to what to say to um, Edie Falco, yes, to get her, you're like, tell her you want your privates and her privates to shake hands. 
That's <laughs> just stuff like that. I think is so. My favorite clip is that that the tag in the the hallway. Stanny, you want to go? Uh, yeah, no. The the clip that I I picked. Uh, Liz, obviously Liz and Jack's relationship is you know kind of the heart of the show, and um, it's th- this show definitely isn't about over sentimentality. Uh, they 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 have moments of it, but again, as we said, it's all about the jokes. But this one is when um, they go to a conference and Jack is nervous, but Jack does a thing where like he psychs himself out before he does his talk. And it's like an embarrassing speech. It's like, you get those bastards. You're Jack Donaghy. And he does it in the bathroom and he has his mic and it's live. So everybody in the conference room hears him psyching himself out. And uh, he and Liz had just had a fight, but she's like, I can't, I can't like let him go through with this. So she runs in the bathroom and ultimately decides like, all right, I'm going to take one for the team. And she goes on stage and uh, she pretends that that was her doing his voice, which obviously nobody believes. But then she accepts the challenge that she has to be more embarrassing than him. So she's what everybody talks about after the conference. And she does it. It's like from from like a writing standpoint, it's like you set your stakes as high as you could and you delivered. And like what what she does like on stage in the next minute or, well, let's have a listen. I just fooled y'all with my Jack Donaghy impression where I say crazy things that he would never say. So let's maximize our fun quadrant tonight. Shout out any other impression you want to hear and uh, I'll do it. I dare you. Do Jack Donaghy again. No. What else? Have a chair. I believe I heard Sling Blade. Mmm, I love them French fried potatoes. Get off. What's that, Mrs. Cunningham from Happy Days? Oh, Howard. Oh, Arthur. That's like, and again, this goes to the Kenneth delivery. There's one episode where um, Liz is saying something to uh, Jenna about how terrible everybody is. And Kenneth comes in and goes, hey, I'm here to pick up your microphone. Or I just want to let you know that this, is, this microphone's on. Everybody can hear what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like, oh, so good. So good. Um, I have a clip that, uh, first of all, I wanted to and didn't because of my white liberal guilt allow it to be played. But I'm going to say it made me laugh really hard and I don't feel comfortable with it. But when Jack Don- Donahue does all the voices in the room of, of uh, Tracy's, uh, I love their dynamic so much, too. I just want to yeah. say that, but I'm not picking it yeah. because of my my fear of there. Understood. But in my yeah. heart, uh, that's that's what I'm picking. But instead, I'm going to pick my Jack uh, and Kenneth uh, go to Massachusetts because uh, Jack had left a voicemail for uh, Julianne. Um, more. more, more, What's her name on the? Doesn't matter. God, she is so timelessly beautiful. Kath- Kathleen. Kath- yeah, it's like very, very Catholic uh, Irish. It's like Kathleen. Yeah, her accent's like so bad accent. and good yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so they go to this house, and um, Jack uh, goes through the house, and they're trying to find the 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 number for um, the answering machine. And <laughs> Kenneth keeps taking a picture of himself, which I couldn't find that clip and it wouldn't matter because it doesn't translate. You can't see his face, but he keeps taking a picture and leaving it on this on their computer. 
Sorry, in the house. So you see him take a picture where he's just doing some nerdy look, and then he keeps, he takes the picture, then he makes it the screensaver, and then he the <laughs> But they don't have that part. So it's a little bit later in the thing where, um, it, between Jack and Kenneth, and it's just so well, it's so funny from beginning to end, and I wish that we could find all of it, but we can only find this little bit. Yeah. Enjoy. Do you like it? The sun is up, and we are still in these people's home. God can see us now. We have to find that voicemail code. It's on the dry erase board above the phone. What? I saw it there a few hours ago, but I wasn't done looking around. I'm ready to hear the message now. Sir, I don't mean to swear, but I am irritated right now. Five, five, two, eight, seven. Thursday, December 30th. Thursday, December, Friday, January 1st, 3.42 a.m. Meine liebe Greta, it's Klaus. Remember Mr. Kruger's German class? I took it to be with you. Sat behind you so I could talk to you and try to see the top of your underwear. You were Greta, and I was Klaus. Jack, are you coming in? I'm on the phone. Get back in the hot tub. Ballard, don't let them put their tops back on. Dan, do you have one? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many great jokes. Oh, one, when you were talking about the formulas, because another formula I think they did was like thing, thing, and then you think it's over, and then there's one more thing, and one is like Jack Donaghy is telling Liz about how his father like abandoned him when he was a child, and he's like, yeah, I remember my father uh, told my mother he went to get, he was going to get a pack of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And then he came back, smoked one, and told her he was leaving forever. And yeah. it's like such a, like, you think that's the end, and then there's, like, one more beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, the show, it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's literally a joke every 30 seconds. So And the and physically so com- physical comedy as well is just so great. Like, Liz has yeah, to, yeah. Um, there are no, oh, it's the same, it's the Tracy one that I had talked about earlier, where Tracy is like, we're going to treat everybody the same. Nobody's, you know whatever women men we're all the same and so he's like uh can you get me some water and she's like sure no problem tracy and she goes to the water uh faucet that's not bottle yeah yeah and she goes to oh it's out and she looks around she asks someone to uh refill it and there and tracy's like no miss lemon you gotta do it so she's trying to juggle it and throughout the whole rest of the show she keeps trying to get the water on and just spilling water everywhere and it's just so like the consistent joke like to keep coming back to it is such a Mm -hmm. joy well one thing i was gonna say is they this is obviously a show run strictly with comedians everybody has Mm -hmm. a lot of different talents like yeah. like be- between impersonations, physical comedy, music, like this is clearly a show run by somebody who does variety shows and ru- including a cast of like a variety show. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's too late to mention it. Oh, I've already forgotten the wounds. I know I was just Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch. Uh, yeah, but that that first season too, it, it was supposed seasons. to be more, but it was supposed to be more sketchy because she was on the show. She would show up as different yeah. sketch characters. And that's the thing that just went away. Like, but she, she was supposed to be the Jenna Maloney. Originally, yeah. she was supposed yeah. to be Jenna. Yes. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. And the network, and, so devastating. Yeah, I mean, and that goes, not to go back full circle, and I don't want to beat the, 
but again, you know, like so Tina Fey and Rachel Dretch, best friends, and, and the relationship of Liz and uh, Jenna is based on their relationship. Um, and this is, you know, this has been published many times, but like, um, then the network was like, no, you got to get rid of Rachel Dratch or, or whoever said it. I mean, it might've been even Lauren Michaels who said, you got to get rid of Rachel Dratch. And like she did for the, you know, and it becomes a thing of like, is Tina Fey running the machine or is the machine running her? Right. You know, is she, do, you know, is it better to, to, it's a little bit like we were talking about in Brooklyn nine, nine where, um, you know, like Terry is like, no, I'm going to make a change now. Or do you wait till you're at the top to make the change? I don't know the answer, you know, well, like how, how do you, how do you what, say to your best friend, sorry, the network is making me do this. Well, to be fair, uh, I think Rachel Dratch is hilarious. I don't think she was working on the show. Like I, but we don't know. She never got to be Jenna. We never, no, got to I, see I'm that. not saying, I mean, I'm not sure if Luke is arguing, are you arguing about her not playing the general or her not being on it any, anymore? I think I'm arguing about the general. Oh, okay. I was arguing about her is. not being on anymore. Yeah. Well, but and, and I think that they threw they her, threw her bone. Yeah, yeah. And she was so, yeah. she just didn't seem to fit that. Like it felt very forced every time. Yeah. yeah. But, but it, it was the result of somebody saying you can't, you have to like, End your friendship for the sake of your career. Yeah, to go. I mean, I mean I, they're still friends. I'm right. sure. I don't. I don't and I don't know. know. I, I'd love to know. How, I, for all we know, there was a two month battle of tears and almost not doing the show. Like you know what I mean? Like how much no, protesting no. is enough to to make it like? But I it guess it was goes a- to Kimmy Schmidt. She had total control of Kimmy Kimmy Schmidt. I'm assuming like it went to Netflix and it's a Netflix thing where the creators have a lot more control. No Rachel Dredge. Well, uh, I mean, again, are you responsible for putting your friend in every single project you do? No, but like, I I think it probably speaks to what happened after that happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it could could be. I mean, she doesn't appear in any episode, so that's true. No. We'll never know. Nope. Well, I just want to say, Rachel Dredge, I think you're incredibly, incredibly talented, and I hope somebody- Yeah, she's very, very talented. Uh, right, so yes. just one. And if you want to be on the show at any yeah, time, do you that want to call? Correct. And uh, here's an interview with Rachel Dratch. <laughs> no, I'm uh, sorry, guys, guys. Hello, it's me, Rachel Dratch. <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, I just got an email. We have to use Jane Krakowski instead. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh by the way, by <laughs> my very first yeah. sighting of a celebrity in New York City was uh, was Jane Krakowski, right? And I only knew her because of the dark of the night. Do you remember? Or in it was a a, a, a nighttime the rural juror. soap opera. <laughs> oh my god, the rural juror! Like, oh, yeah. that is so funny. Such a great joke. And it, I funny. still reference that when I can't understand something. Like Michelle and I. <laughs> That's like our shorthand. I was like, what? She's like, world jerk. I'm like, oh, that, so we don't understand what's happening. Got it. Okay. So great. Awesome. Well, I guess that's um, it. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the end. Do we want to, uh, what's, who, who's, whose pick is it? No, we got to rank this. Oh, we got to rank this. We got to rank. We got to rank. I'm a terrible producer. I totally forgot. No. <laughs> I don't even have the sheet pulled up. So let's do the rankings. All who right. Wants to start? I don't. I want to think. All right. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go nine. I'll go nine. Oh, okay. Nine? nine? I'm between nine, nine, five. So maybe nine, two. Ooh, are we, go, nine, are two, we going into point two, threes, and four? 
I'm going to go 9.25. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really so. funny because, Luke, I almost feel like we shared a brainwave because my initial gut reaction was 9.5. And then I thought for another yeah. second, and I think I might go 9. And the yeah. reason I'm going to go 9 is only because uh, I don't know that the characters evolve ever. And, I mean, while that's the strength of the show, it also is something I like to see. Um, yeah. I Does it deserve a whole... If we can go to 9.2, I will agree on a 9.2. If not, I'm going to go 9. I, I went 9.25. Yeah, that was mine. So. I'm also going to go 9.25. All right. In honor of Rachel Dratch, I'm going with a 9. Well, so you okay. raised it up to a 9. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, somebody told me that I look like Rachel Dratch, and so therefore I am Rachel Dratch and Elizabeth Moss. So you pick. You pick. I have no idea how that equates to a 9.0 rating. <laughs> yeah. uh, 30 Rock comes in fifth place. No, wait! In the office. Wait, I really? That it. low? No! That's wow. not possible! That's not possible! Between, between, well, actually, okay, it's it's tied for fourth, actually. It's behind The Office, The Good Place, and New Girl, and tied with Community. Oh, okay. And then Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Seinfeld are below. Yeah. It is better than the new girl. Ugh. It's tough. We're, well, you know, we How do a lot of you? good shows. I think we're, we're, yeah. we've we started to yeah, we, yeah, we need to pick a clunker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do like... Uh, uh, Big Bang know. Theory? Yeah, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, but then we have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never seen an episode. Like... How about we do Alice? Yeah. <laughs> Alice is so a decent good. show. It's a yeah, decent no, show. No, it's no. not going to get a nine. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I really, it will. I don't know. Luke looks like he's about kiss to kiss my grits. Luke's about to give it a ten. Linda Lavin, she talks to me. Oh my god, I can see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put my glasses. Uh, whose uh, turn is yeah. it to pick? I don't know. Not me. I picked thirty. Dan, well. when's the last time you picked? Uh, boy, it probably is my yeah. turn. Um, I hate to say it. Uh, once again, not prepared. I mean, do we want to do we want to do an old school one? It's your call. It's, it's your whatever call. you feel. We're gonna wind up doing a bunch of these. Don't don't worry too much about. We're gonna hit them all. All right. I mean, is it crazy if I say Golden Girl? No! Oh, I'm so excited! Ooh. I'm so excited! Okay. I like Sorry. it. I like Calm it. Down. Looks like we're looking at another nine point two five. I don't know. It might go all the way to ten. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, There's I some great so yeah, comfortable. And I feel like it is. It is the quintessential sitcom in a lot of ways. Like it is all things that are are good about like a traditional sitcom so yeah we will we'll see what we think and i know the yeah. ghost of uh ray roy no i find arthur joke. be arthur roy thank Cone. you that works yeah i think we're gonna be hard pressed yeah, to get anybody from that show to talk yeah, to I us think there's a lot of people left yeah. i mean if we can get betty white she's still that's around. true and i know she will or, take my call yeah, we can get yeah. mark cherry he was a, you know yeah um but all right you want to take us home uh Michelle? thank you so much for listening to another effin podcast about sitcoms uh i just want to say please leave us a review because we will read it apparently i'm michelle likowski <laughs> i'm stan likowski i'm luke ward i'm dan and we love you thank you guys Bye. Bye. thanks guys this has been another effing podcast about sitcoms the music for our theme song is by Ryan Satoy, and the lyrics and vocals are by our own Michelle Likowski. Our logo was created by Luke Ward. Follow us on Instagram, and if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, well, we'd certainly appreciate it. 
Another effing podcast about sitcoms will return in this time slot next week. This is NBC.